Good evening, church, and thank you so much for joining us tonight. My name's Cole. I'm the pulpit minister here at Central Church of Christ, and this is Dan Spaeth. He's one of our elders, and this is our Wednesday evening conversation through the Law and the Prophets. We are so grateful and thankful that you are joining us here tonight. Here at Central Church of Christ, it's our mission to be God's heart and hands in this community and beyond. If you'd like to learn more about what that means, I want to encourage you to check out our website at www.churchvictoria.com. Or you can check us out on Facebook at facebook.com slash vctchurch. Um, if you're listening to this on the Heart and Hands podcast, I just want to thank you for joining us tonight. We really do appreciate it. If you're watching this on Facebook, make sure to like and share. That really helps us out. And if you're watching on YouTube, make sure you're subscribed and you have the bell turned on so you get notified every time we upload a video. Um, so this is our, our conversation where we talk about the law and the prophets, the Old Testament, mm-hmm. and all of the in- people and interesting places that, uh, that are there. And some good stuff. There's some good stuff. Yeah. Makes me feel really good about myself to <laughs> deal with some of these people, man. You know, because man, these people, these people are a mess, and oh, and yeah. we're gonna get into some more of them. They, we're not done yet. No, 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 no. There's no. a whole lot of them. They're a mess. So, so the the name Genesis means beginning, mm-hmm. right? Beginning, and it's like the beginning of the mess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it 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 truly is. It started out really good with Genesis chapter one. Everything mm-hmm. was very good, and mm-hmm. then it just kind of kind of kind of. People kind of came went, on the scene and turned it into a mess. Like I've always said, church would be great if it wasn't for the people. <laughs> you know? No, I'm I'm kidding. It, it's it's a uh, it, it's a great study. I love the study. I love the interaction that that you and I have, and I love the uh, we are getting response from people. You know, people are uh, people look forward to watching it and listening to it, and and uh, and that's and that's good. And it's a, and it's and it's a, a thing. A, it's a thing we can use that I've used before to to help people. And I've told him, I said, you need to go watch our Wednesday night stuff because it's going to help you to get through some of the some of the stuff that you're looking at. Sure. And uh, so it's it's a great it's a great uh, tool. It is. Absolutely. It really is a great tool. And if you're interested in helping support this tool, if you're interested in helping support the ministries at Central, this is only one of them. We actually have have quite a few ministries, including a missions program and a benevolence program here at the building. Um, you can go ahead and do that. If you go over to churchvictoria.com, there is a donate button there through PayPal, and you can set all that up there, and we really do appreciate it. Yeah, we just had an opportunity to help uh, help a lady from the community this morning. That's right. Uh, hopefully, uh, we'll we'll see some of her, and uh, and we'll see how, how it's going. But, uh, yeah, we had an opportunity to help her this morning, and it's directly affected by uh, the ability to do that by, you know, people what is given, donating, absolutely. Giving, giving money. Absolutely. You know, it takes money to help people. It just sure. does. It just it, it just it, you know when they're down and out and and they they're and they're running and and they're and they're scared. It takes money uh, to help them. Absolutely. Uh, you know, I mean, you, you can you can talk to them all day long, but it doesn't help much if you can't help with their the needs they have. Absolutely. You know, I, I mean, we we're, we try to be smart. We we try to we try to be very good stewards, and sometimes you get you sometimes you win, sometimes you don't. But we're a uh, I think this is one that that uh, the money's well spent doing what we're doing here. I, I really Absolutely. do. I know the mission work that we do in Mexico. I oh, know man. the money's well spent there. Oh man! Absolutely. I know it is. Yeah, so, I've seen it with my own eyes. Yeah. And <laughs> I, I just had somebody give me money today, and I, I got a phone call from Pam, and she said somebody wrote a check for for an X amount of dollars, and what we're going to do with it, and it was direct. It's directly for uh, the the school supplies program that we're doing this summer Excellent. to give to give backpacks full of school supplies to um, needy needy families. So we've got a lot of things going on at Central. So if you want to partner with us absolutely. and join us, we definitely absolutely. we're thankful and we're grateful. And absolutely. you can absolutely be assured that we're going to use the money in, in such a Best way that we know glorifies how. God. Best we know how. All right. Well hey let's, let's pray. pray. 
Father in heaven, thank you so much for the opportunity we have to sit down and discuss uh, uh, this, these, these chapters. We, we're so grateful, Father, for, uh, for you uh, seeing fit to, to bless us with a, with a printed revelation of yours. Father, we just can't say thank you enough. There's so much, so much here, and, we, and we're learning uh, about people and about the, uh, the problems that they had. And it, and it gives us hope, Father, to know that, that you can, will use people that have a lot of issues and a lot of struggles in their life, just like we do. Thank you, Father, for that, uh, for that clarification. And thank you for, for tonight. Help us, Father, to, uh, uh, to reach out into, into the, the folks that are watching and really touch someone tonight. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, brother, before we get into this text, and we're going to be in Genesis chapter 33 uh, this evening. Genesis chapter 33. We're going to be closing out this saga between Jacob and Esau. But I just want to ask you, you know, if you are looking ahead, you know, we've talked a lot. And one of the things you actually just recently recently told me was, uh, you know, I need to anticipate, right? I need to, to be thinking ahead. Mm-hmm. If you've got somebody coming down the pipes, you got somebody coming towards you, you know they're coming, and they hate you. What are you doing? What are you thinking? It, How do you handle that it's, situation? It, it's really difficult when you, uh, you know, when you have to preach and you have to stand in the pulpit and you know that there's somebody who's going to be there that really, really, really doesn't like you and blames you for something that that has happened in their life. And uh, it, it's it's difficult to put that out of your mind. It's difficult to, to, I mean, you haven't been doing this very long, so you haven't had some, but I have had that happen to me. Uh, and, you know, we've gone through some real turmoil here uh, over the years, and, and I've had to stand in the pulpit and, and know that there were people there that, that were questioned my sanity, <laughs> questioned my, my, our direction, and, and then I have to get up there and preach. And that's, that can be very difficult. You, how do you, it's hard to wrap your mind around. It's hard to, how do I get prepared for that? To know that, that God's still going to put me in the pulpit and he's going to use me to, uh, to maybe touch somebody's life. And I've got to wash all that other out and just focus on what has he called me to do today. And... You know, I'm going, you know, I got a, I get a text. I'm preaching Sunday. I got a text and from Scott, and he's leading worship. He says, what are, we, what are you preaching on? Well, you know, I ain't like you, man. I don't have it planned for six months. You know, I may change it Saturday night. I don't know. And, uh, and I told him a text, and I told him something that I had been working on. And so he texts me the order of worship and all, and I'm going <laughs> – well, I guess that's what I'm preaching because he got all the songs picked out for that sermon. Welcome um, to my life. <laughs> you know, I'm going, yeah, but you know, you're doing the Beatitudes. You know, if I could have said, I said, Cole, I'm going to do the next Beatitude. And you said, okay. Or said, no, I really don't want you to do that because I want to do it. And, uh, and I said, no, I'm not going to do that. You know, that's Cole's deal. I'm going to do my own. And, and uh, so now I think I'm pretty much I'm pretty much done here. You know, I was going to try it out at Fortran the other day. Mm-hmm. Mm, not so much because God decided something else he wanted me to say. Uh, so I didn't get to try it out. So I usually try to do that. But you know, anyway, uh, yeah, it, it's, it is, uh, it's, it's difficult. And Esau is going to have, I mean, you know, Jacob, Jacob has reason to be concerned here. 
you know, this person really, he could really hate him. And, you know, he's, he's, he is, you, you can't put it off forever. At some point, you're going to have to deal with it. So what is it, though? What is it that you should do? You've got, so, you know, we've got this thing coming up. We've got these, this person coming down. They can't stand you. You've got to get up in the pulpit and preach in front of these people that absolutely despise you or whatever. What do you, what do you do? You know, I'm thinking about the person who, you know, they've got to get up and go to a job where they've got a boss that cannot stand them, mm-hmm. you know. I've I've been there. I've I've done that. When I was I remember when I was a kid working at at a restaurant in town, you know. I I walked in the door and I had a manager who just hated me. Mm-hmm. You know, and there were a lot of reasons for it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I was a I was a punk kid. I was, yeah, you know, I was yeah. I was the wrong color, you know. I mean, there were all sorts of issues and and things going on there. But how do you deal with that person? You know it's coming, you know it's coming down the road. What do you do? Do you fight back? Do you Give uh, you don't in, fight back because you... that you you never win doing that. You never win fighting back. You know I I I I have not. You know I had I had somebody came and said I'm going to be listening to you and if you say anything out of line, I'm going to stand up in the middle of your sermon and I'm going to call you on it right there. I had no intention of doing that. I would never do something like that. You know I I respected his I respected his family. I respected his his father. I respected all of that. You know I, there was. You know, there was something that I had to put already prepared, and he didn't know that. But you know, I mean, he sat back there and had his phone up like this, taping me on his phone. You know, I didn't pay attention to him. I didn't even look at him. I don't. I didn't know that he had he had done that. Somebody in the somebody told me later on that that this person was doing that. I didn't. I you know, you know, I don't think it was it was. Uh, I just uh, I wasn't gonna I wasn't gonna get into a. A, a contest with this individual that wasn't the time or the place I, I was I was gonna I was gonna I was gonna be there to do what God had called me to do I was gonna I was gonna talk, say what I believed God wanted me to say and what today when I when I got that that email and I said well father I guess this is what you want me to preach on because it seemed like it's kind of rolling downhill now so I guess that's what I'm gonna preach on we'll see We'll see how it goes. You know, it, it, if if it if it's great, it's great. If it didn't, it didn't. You know, I mean, somebody God's going to touch somebody, and that's how you have to look at it. I, I look at it, and you know, uh, you know, whether it's a family member or whether it's a boss, or I still have a responsibility to be to be the person I'm supposed to be. You know, I know that that when I get up there Sunday morning, there are going to be people there that would really wish you it was you. That's fine. I'm okay with that. I don't, I don't, uh, it doesn't bother me anymore. Uh, I'm doing what needs to be done because you need to go do what you've got to do. And it's my, my, I'm up. Okay. And, uh, and I'm sorry that if somebody really would rather not hear me. So what I'm hearing is, you know, we've, we've still got to be those disciples. Absolutely. No matter the situation, no matter Absolutely. what's going on, we've got to be determined to do what is right in the eyes of God. We've got to be determined to do what glorifies God. I couldn't God. have always done that. I've had to grow into that, okay? I've had to grow to a point where where uh, where I I can I can do that kind of thing. I just told you something a while ago when before we start, you know, that that uh, about something that was going on in your life and I said, "You will look at it different down the road." Sure. This is how I think you need to handle it now. So when you look at it down the road, you won't say, God, man, what a jerk. 
you know, with a pig. Right. You know, because I've been there. And and I'm telling you, when when you uh, when you somebody doesn't really like you much, and you have to get in the pulpit, you still have a job to do. And I'm not talking about a fi- monetary. You have a job to do that. God's called you as a disciple. This is the track that He's laid out for you. Okay, and you said, okay, I'm going. And so this is the path you've got laid out, and I'm you're going. Well, if you're going to do it, then do it the best you know how. Be the disciple you need to be. Don't let that influence you because you know they don't know what you know they don't know the the people that 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 have done it that happened to me they weren't they didn't know they didn't know everything and it wasn't my place to tell them yeah i'm, I'm okay you know i'm a big boy i can i can take the abuse and i, I i'm going to keep doing what i do i'm going to pray to god that god that god will that that god will will in, encourage their family, encourage them, or you know, encourage my family, whatever it is, I think you have to include God in it and you have to pray about it. We tend to get to the point where we, uh, where we look at it and we forget that God wants to be involved hmm. in all the stuff that we do. Hmm. And, we, and we look at it later and say, you know, man, maybe I should have prayed about this. And we forget. First thing. I think so. I know so. But it's not what we do, usually. Well, and I, I you know, there's for for if you're out there and and you didn't grow up in a Christian home, you mm-hmm. know, I didn't grow really grow up in a Christian home. Um, prayer wasn't the first thing. No, no. You know, that's that's something. No. If if you are following Christ now, and you have children, make sure to instill that in your kids a prayer life. Um, it's so important. It's so vital. You know, especially in this nation, we have a tendency to overthink or overestimate our own abilities. Mm-hmm. And so it's not like Jacob who prayed to God and then tried to act wisely, tried to act the way a, a disciple should, right? Instead, we, we don't do we don't pray to God at all, and we just, oh, I think this is the best course of action. I'm going to do it. And, and we live in a nation like that. I talked about this that this past Sunday. We live in a nation that, you know, are go-getters, that we think that, you know, we're going to handle business and those are the people that we want to emulate. In reality, we need to, we need to emulate that I'm going to stand, but I'm going to stand on my knees. I'm going to stand in prayer and I'm still going to do the wise things. I'm still going to be, be smart about how I go about my life, but I am going to pray first. I'm going to be a man of prayer. I think many, many times we, we, uh, that is not what we do. Sure. No, it's not. It should be. But we I'm don't. not saying that. I'm saying it's not what we do. Right. We don't do that until until the bottom falls out, <laughs> and we go run into him. Yeah. Well, but isn't that what your wouldn't that what our children do? Sure, absolutely. They go and they're and they're playing some, and then they get in a fight with each other, and who where they go? They come running, Grandpa, you, Daddy, you, and you know. I had and, one today that that broke a window, and I looked at him, and he said, "Well, you know, it was this or that." And I said, I looked at him and I said, "You knew it was wrong the first time you did it, didn't you?" And he said, yes. And I said, you threw the ball at the window. You knew you shouldn't have done that. You picked up the ball and you did it again anyway, right? And he looked at me and he went, yes. <laughs> you knew you should have walked away, but yeah. you didn't. Yeah. You know, and that's, you know, kids do it and we do it. That's absolutely. And God is a great father. Yeah. He's a great father. And he, and he, and he, uh, he looks at us and said, he says, are you kidding me? You kidding <laughs> Right. What about yesterday? 
What about the day before? Didn't you know, didn't you didn't you learn anything yesterday? Because you know what's going to happen when when this when that little little one gets gets tweaked up. Guess what's going to happen next time? Go pick up the ball and throw it again. Probably. Yeah. Probably. They know probably. <laughs> no, probably. Well, it's it's and it's interesting. You know, you talked about you know going down the path. You know, dealing having to deal that God has called you to do something, and you're walking down that path. And you've got to deal with it. You've got to deal with the situation. And that's exactly where Jacob is at. That's exactly. God reached out to Pat and Ram where he was, and he said, hey, time for you to go. It's time, time for you to go home. Time and Jacob knows as soon as God says that, Esau's, Esau's waiting Esau's waiting. Yeah, he knows. And I'm sure the words are ringing in his ears. The easier thing would be to stay where he was. Uh, you know, and... I, I don't know, maybe, maybe not getting cheated by Laban. I don't know. He'd put up with it for, what, 20 years? But Laban don't want to kill him. <laughs> Laban don't want to kill him, exactly. So maybe getting cheated he by Laban He thinks Esau bad. wants to kill him. That's true. This is very true. Laban doesn't yeah. want to kill him. Laban wants to cheat him and, and get wealthy off of him. But he doesn't want to kill him. But doesn't want to kill him. Esau wants to kill him. Yeah. Words, well, that's what he thinks. The words are ringing in his ear. Yeah. You know? Yeah. As soon as my father is gone, Esau says, "Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna, gonna get you. I'm gonna get him." Yeah, and so he knows that. So he's he's gone back, and we've seen him wrestle. And he feels guilty, and it's eaten on him his whole life. It's what it looks like. Well, when I look at this, when I look at texts like this, you know, I think, man, there's things that I've done that I still that I still feel guilty about. I think after getting his nose rubbed in what he did by Laban for 20 <laughs> years, almost, you know, I think that uh, I think that pretty much is gonna is gonna bring it to a point for him yeah you know? yeah it, but so he's, it, we're in we're in genesis chapter 33 and uh you know jacob has just wrestled with god he's devised this he prayed he devised a formula i'm going to send this group i'm going to split him up into two mm-hmm, camps and mm-hmm. we're going to see him do more of that in this group with the idea of protecting someone right mm-hmm. the idea of protecting he's, but his now family. he's got a reminder that he is he's going to try to overcome and he's going to fail every time He's gonna. He's gonna. It's gonna be. It's gonna be tough every time. And that's what. That's what happened to him. This. He struggled with God, and his name now has been changed to Israel. That's right. He is not. He's no longer Jacob anymore. He's mm-hmm. Israel now. That's right. And it means struggles with God, because that's what they're gonna do as a nation of people. They will do that. They're from now on. They will always do that. And it's gonna get worse for him, as as the chapters go along. Right. It will get worse for him. So. All right, so we're picking up at 33. Jacob looked up, and there was Esau, coming with his 400 men. So he divided the children among Leah and Rachel and the two female servants. He put the female servants and their children in front, Leah and her children next, and Rachel and Joseph in the rear. <laughs> I was wondering, what, did you hear something? Or you, what did we stop for, man? <laughs> But then it dawned on me why you stopped. So, golly, why do you think he picked that order? <laughs> well, he's gonna he's gonna save the most favorite. <laughs> you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna make sure I protect the most favorite. He you know, loves Rachel. He uses Leah. He used the handmaidens because to be prosperous in that in that culture, you have to have children. And more sons, the better. He's had twelve of them. Okay, that's right. You know, and he and he uh, he is going to he's going to uh, make sure he protects the woman he loves. Remember the beauty queen, mm-hmm. and the son he loves. We'll find that out.
here directly. In another couple of chapters, we'll find out that this is the son he loves. More than any of the rest of them, he loves this son. Because it came from, comes from in his old age, and it came from his from the one he loved. It's really funny. It's the way he does this. The way he puts the you you know, because we know, we've already seen what he feels about Rachel. Mm-hmm. We're good, I, I already know in thirty seven what it says that he feels about Joseph. He has he's got one more son coming. Okay, that he's going to have that one's going to come much later on. But th- this here is is he he's he's still. I'm not going to use the word I used before, but but he's uh, he's got some issues. Sure, I'm going to put it that way. He's got some issues. You know, you know the dynamic in this house. You understand the di- that you know he has a wife that she's not attractive. He doesn't love her. She makes babies, lots of babies, and when when she can't, she says, "Okay." Here, have my handmaid. Well, we don't know what her handmaid looks like. We don't know anything about her. We just know she makes babies. Well, then Rachel says, okay, well, I'm not going to let you get ahead of me. You can have my handmaid because I can't have no baby. You know, this guy, <laughs> how is he keeping up? At some point, say no. Well, <laughs> I mean, that's, yeah. look, that's what it is. At some point as a disciple, brothers and sisters, hear me. At some point as a disciple, you got to look at this. And you got to say, I ain't doing that. I looked at my son today, all right? I, and you know, we talked about this yep. earlier. Lots mm-hmm. of issues with my, mm-hmm. with my kiddos. I got four of them, and they were driving me crazy. I looked at my son today, and I told him and my daughter, I said, you guys are going to sweep this whole house, and you're going to mop it. They went outside, turned the front yard or the backyard into a mud pit, dragged it all in the house. I said, you're going to sweep, you're going to mop. My son is eight. My daughter is six. And they sweep and mop the house. They, they do a decent job, all right? My daughter sweeps the house, sweeps the t- the majority of the house, and then she decides that they're done and they need to go fill up the mop bucket outside. We don't fill up the mop bucket outside. I especially don't want them going out back in the backyard again where it's all muddy and dragging that all in. I've just bathed the dog that was out there, and now he's back out there with them doing this. It's a whole disaster, right? I. You know what I'm thinking? God, I'm glad it's you and not me. Oh, man. So... I call them back in. I send my daughter to take another shower because she's covered in it again. And I look at my son and I said, son, you have got to take charge here, man. I said, look at this. She didn't even sweep in here. You guys are out there filling up the bucket. You got, what are you filling up the bucket for? You're not sweeping. This room's a mess. What are you doing? (laughs) And my son looks at me and goes, well, she said, I said, son, that's the problem right there. I said, you are older than your sister. Now, she's almost seven. But I said, you are older than your sister, and you know how to do this job. You've done this job many a time. I said, you need to take charge and do the right thing. If you're, I said, this is what happens all the time. Your sisters get you in trouble. Your brother, your younger brother, he gets you in trouble. They all get you in trouble. I said, because you know what you're supposed to do, and then you let them drag you off into all this nonsense. You've got to stand up and say, you know what? You guys are going to go do your thing. Go do your thing. I'm not getting in trouble. <laughs> I'm not getting in the middle of this. I'm not. I'm not getting. You have got to be smart enough, son, to walk away from that mess. And it's the same thing, brothers and sisters, for us. This is a disaster. This has been a disaster. Now, God's going to use it. Absolutely. God is going to use that's it. That's the beauty of what we've been learning here. God uses flawed individuals. That, and, you know, Jacob, Jacob's got some real issues. God is the master at taking train wrecks 
airplane crashes, car wrecks, and and yacht wrecks, boat wrecks, the biggest wrecks, all the wrecks. He takes all the wrecks and he makes masterpieces out of it. Oh, it's amazing. God is excellent at that. But I also can tell you this for certain that God can use not wrecks too. Absolutely. Yes. yes. If Jacob had looked at this situation when they when all this stuff was going down with Rachel and he's and he had said, you know what? I'll just take Leah. That's fine. This is who we are. We're husband and wife. And thinking about my grand, grand, great, 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 great grandpappy Adam. He made one and one to be one. And that's it. I'm going to be one. Leah could have had 12 kids. Could have. Yeah. God could have taken that and blessed that and went with it. Now, that's not what happened. Jacob chose to just allow people, other people to make these decisions for him. God already knows what we're going to do. And he chooses to, to he chooses to stay in our lives anyway. It's, Isn't that something? It's shocking. It's, it's shocking. It's shocking. It's shocking. Because I'm telling you what, guys. If I was God, I'd take one look at all this mess, and I'd go, I'm gonna go find somebody else. I'm done. Yeah, I'm done. I'm done. Yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna, I'm gonna create a different place. Wait a minute. Man. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You did what? <laughs> yeah. That's what, but that's what we do. That's what you know. We're talking earlier, and you said, and you're telling me, and I'm going. How in the world did they put a mud get a mud hole in the backyard? <laughs> you did what? How did you not see this? I'm asking. I'm asking you. How did you not see this? But I know kids can do that kind of stuff in a moment. Oh, in an instant. In, in an, an instant. instant. <laughs> Pretty. It is a train wreck in in five seconds. It's a train wreck. It goes from from yes. from calm to chaos in five seconds. So I think I think for me looking at this as you know one of the things I want to take away is don't do this. You know, I've looked at, we've looked at Jacob's life a lot. We've looked at the things he's done mm-hmm. and, and God's going to use it all and he's going to turn it all for good. Paul tells us that God does this in but Romans. There, but there are consequences. There are. That we're going to see in a minute. The consequences of how he handles Rachel and Joseph. And, and this these, family dynamic. And it is going to blow up in his face. It is. And, and people are going to get hurt. Oh, yeah. Him especially. It, and he's going to get hurt. And it's going to be, you know, you can say, oh, well, God can use me anyway. But the consequences of what we do don't go away. That's right. They don't go away. We are not all, sometimes we are spared the consequences. But most of the time, most of the time we're not. We're not. So here we have this again. And of course, this just, again, the the favoritism going on. All right. And then in verse three, he himself went on ahead and bowed down to the ground seven times as he approached his brother. What? I thought he was the chosen one. Yeah, but his brother, he stole it from his brother. He knows he did. You know, he doesn't have the same uh, the same thing we have where we have it all and we can look but at But God said in the womb I know the older will serve the younger or the I, younger will serve the I the know. older will serve the younger. What happened? He uh, he still uh, you know, this guy he's still He's not a, talking about the nations. No, he's not. When God makes that that uh proclaims that prophecy to Rebecca, he is not talking about the people He's talking about Jacob the and Esau. He's, He's talking, talking about, the about the nations. And we need to be reminded of that because we we get off thinking about the people, and it wasn't about the people. Well, and especially I'm thinking, I believe it's Malachi, uh, Malachi where he says it, where he says, you know, Jacob I loved and Esau I hated, right? I don't think that was in Malachi, I don't think. And th- I'm thinking, well, in one, of the, in one of the minor prophets, I can't recall which one, he, he mentions this proverb, mm-hmm. and he mentions it again also, I believe, But in it's Romans. not about the individuals. It's about not the nations. Not talking about the individuals. Yeah. Yeah. He's talking about the nations, yeah. okay? That statement, and you know it's in Romans as well, but that statement, okay, is not reflective of God's relationship with Esau and, or, and God's relationship no, of Jacob no, with Jacob. No. There were people who followed God 
that were not of Jacob's line. Yeah. And if you're standing there scratching your head thinking, Cole, what are you talking about? Well, Melchizedek. Yeah. We've already met him. He was priest and king. Yeah. Right? It's in his order that Christ is a high priest. Yeah. yeah. So there were God followers who was were not Jacob. Okay. Mm-hmm. But understand that from this line comes the Christ. Yeah. And that's and, and that's, that's what the line, that's why it's important. It's important because the Christ is going to come from the from the seed line through Adam, Abraham, well, and that. And line. through, it is through Christ that all of us, all of us God followers who are not of that bloodline, get grafted in. That's absolutely right. So we all become Israel, Abraham's seed and heirs Abraham according to promise. Abraham's seed and heirs according yep. to promise, right? And we get to do that through Christ. So through Christ. understand that when when. We see these names getting thrown around. You have to be very careful. And, and you know, and, and Christ is going to be nothing like these people. He's not going to have that that life of chaos. No. It's no. not going to be anything like that. No. Okay. So Jacob goes and he bows down to the ground seven times as he approached his brother. But Esau ran to meet Jacob and embraced him. He threw his arms around his neck and kissed him. And they wept. Then Esau looked up and saw the women and children. Who are these with you? Jacob answered, There are the children God has graciously given your servant. Then the female servants and their children approached and bowed down. Next, Leah and her children came and bowed down. Last of all came Joseph and Rachel, and they too bowed down. His entire family came and, and bowed, bowed before Esau. Wow. And honored him, honored him as his brother, honored him as a family member. You know, honored, you know, it, it, it's how you we show hospitality. Someone comes from our family, comes in, you know, and, and showed them honor. You know, it reminds me of Christ on the Sermon on the Mount. He talks about people who hate hate you. You know, he talks about people who, who want to mistreat you and beat you. And what does he say to do? I don't remember what text. Bless them, serve them. Oh, yeah, bless them. Yeah. Love them. Mm-hmm. I mean, Esau, as far as Jacob was concerned, Esau, I mean, and righteously so. Mm-hmm. I mean, Esau had, had reason for his severe hate of his brother. Yeah. But even so, Jacob could have looked at all this and went the other way. Mm-hmm. Jacob could have looked at God and God said, go. And Jacob goes, I ain't going nowhere. You know, Jacob could have done a whole lot of things. He, but he does go. Jacob could have listened to God and said, well, that's fine, but I'm God's chosen, so I ain't bound down to no one. Jacob could have handled this situation in a lot of ways. Yeah. He could have, you know, you don't think Jacob has an armed company? Mm-hmm. With how many flocks and oh, yeah. he's oh, I mean yeah. he's got men, I'm yeah. sure. Sure he does. But he comes before Esau, somebody who has been his rival, somebody who he has cheated, somebody who he has mistreated, somebody who he, he knows, or at least he really is is thinking, wants to hurt him, and he pays him honor. Yep. Honor. You know, you want to know how to deal with, with difficult people, you want to know how to deal with difficult situations that you see coming down the road. You know, this this isn't a bad way to do it. No, it's not. It's not. Honoring people. Mm-hmm. You know, looking at them and saying... Elevating them. Lifting elevating them up. Them, lifting making them Making them feel up. good about themselves. You know? you know, and not... And not... We're, you know, we're not saying tongue-in-cheek here. We're not saying no. in a manipulative type no. way. No, but Not at all. You know, what isn't... Let's think about it for a second. Somebody that really hates me, right? They can't stand me. They're still made in the image of God, aren't they? Yeah. They're still worthy of that title, are they not? I mean, because whether whether they do the right or wrong thing, I've certainly done right and wrong things in my life. They are still image bearers of God, worthy of that respect and honor. 
you know, we talk about why everyone is worthy of respect. You know, as from a from a Christian standpoint, if you have a biblical world worldview, everybody is worthy of respect. Not because they've done things worthy of respect, not because they have high moral character, but they're not worthy. They've earned it. Not because they've earned it. Mm. They're worthy of respect because God made them in his image. God thought enough of them to bring them into this world, to handcraft them, and then God thought enough of them to die for them. Yeah. Whether they accept that or not is is neither here nor there. But God certainly thought of that. So, you know, I, I've had lots of people in my life, you know, not just talking about within the ministry aspect, but lots of people in my life look at me and hate me, look at me and mistreat me. Look at me and do things. And, you know, for some were right in what they did or justified in what they did, and some weren't. You're talking about the pastor. I'm talking or, about, I'm just talking about in general. People. Okay. But all of those people, even when they did that, still worthy of this honor mm-hmm. because of who God made them to be and God died for them, whether they accept it or not. You know, it's a, it's a, it's the whole, whole thing of, of being a disciple, being Christian. You know, we treat them the way that, that Christ, you know, we, we, we have to see them the way Christ sees them. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind. And love, love your, your neighbor, neighbor as, as yourself. yourself. Yeah. And that's how Christ sees them. He sees them as lost. He loves them. And we have to see them as lost and love them. And, and do whatever we can do to try to enhance their relationship with Christ, not to, not to demean it. Easier said oh. than done. Oh, yeah. And yeah. I think Jacob know that. Notice he approaches and bows down seven times. Mm. What happened to his hip? Yeah, he was he's he was limping now because of his hip. Must have been very tough. That probably wasn't an easy thing to do. Probably wasn't. And he did it anyway. Mm. So verse 9, but Esau said, I already have plenty. Oh, I'm sorry. Let's back that up. Verse 8, Esau asked, what's the meaning of all these flocks and herds I met? So all of these things that have been coming. Yep. He's yep. like, what's, what's all this? To find favor in your eyes, my lord, he said. But Esau said, notice again, he's calling Esau Lord, mm-hmm. right? Oh, but the older's going to serve the younger. Yeah, not talking about them, right? To find favor in your eyes, my lord. But Esau said, I already have plenty, my brother. Keep what you have for yourself. Well, and I imagine that is the case. Esau's coming with 400 men. Oh, yeah, he's got plenty. He's, he's, God's blessed him. God said he was going to bless him. Yeah. God said that. Uh, no, please, said Jacob, if I have found favor in your eyes, accept this gift from me. For to see your face is like seeing the face of God. Whoa. That's big. Remember, they're brothers, man. Yeah. You know, Jacob, make it, Jacob may have been a stinker. Stole birthright. Esau had his problems, too. They're still, still brothers. Brother. Yeah. They're still brothers. Man, I've got a brother in, in San Antonio. I don't see him a lot. He's still my brother. I still love my brother, man. You know, he calls me and we talk and chat and, you know, I still love my brother. Yeah. I mean, I, I, love, I love nothing more than to teach him the truth and have him, have him baptized into Christ and have him live faithful. But at this point, that's just not in the cards. But I still love my brother. Esau, Esau and, and Jacob, I think, I think they still, they, they care about each other. They're brothers. So, now that you have received me favorably, verse 11, please accept the present that was brought to you for God has been gracious to me and I have all I need. And because Jacob insisted Esau accept it, there's a lot of honor shame culture going on here. Yeah. There so is. there's, you know, understand that, you know, our culture is a uh, guilt innocence culture, right? Mm-hmm. We look at things from a, a I am guilty. For example, if you ask people, you know, what 
if you ask Christians in, in this nation, what is the problem with the world? They usually say sin, right? All men have sinned. We've all sinned. And they'll ignore other aspects like the, the cultural involvement with sin, the fallen nature of, of creation itself. So all yeah. of those other things. But not all cultures look at that. And really what we're looking at here is a lot of honor-shame. So honor-shame culture is about paying honor to those who are above you. It's about not incurring shame. And so this that's this type of dynamic that's going on. He is paying his brother. He's not paying is the wrong word, but he's paying respects and honor to his brother as the eldest in the family. And only upon the insistence does the elder accept it. So very, very honor shame. That's that's really what's at work here in verse 13. Uh, so then verse 12, then Esau said, well, let us be on our way and I'll accompany you. But Jacob said to him, my Lord knows that the children are tender. And, and this this is, again, all all of this is classic honor shame. Mm-hmm. Jacob is not going to tell him, no, I don't want to go with you. That's not what he's going to tell him. He's going to very roundabout say, I can't go with you or I'm not going to go with you. But he does it in he's such a way. He's going to lie to him. Well, he does it in such a way. This is this is this Let's get through it. Yeah, let's. All right. All right. Let's so, get Jacob through it. said, no, my Lord knows that the children are tender and that I must care for the ewes and cows that are nursing their young. If they are driven hard just one day, all the animals will die. Calm down. Calm down, guy. Just keep just keep going. So man. let my I'm Lord go on ahead of his servant while I move along slowly at the pace of the flocks and the herds before me and the pace uh, and the pace of the children until I come to my Lord in Seir. Esau said, then let me leave some of my men with you. But why do that? Jacob asked. Just let me find favor in the eyes of my Lord. So that day Esau started on his way back to Seir. Jacob, however, went to Succoth, where he built a place for himself and made shelters for his livestock. That is why the place is. Place what did he is wait a minute? What did he say like he was gonna do? He said, I'll come along in a bit. I'll meet you there. Well He had no intention of going to where Esau was going. And, and again, and that's and that's the thing. That's why I, I pointed out at the beginning this is a very honor shame interaction. Um he doesn't want to go to Seir. Not only does he not want to go there, God has commanded him to go somewhere else. So he is going to go somewhere else, but he's not going to. It would. He has now acknowledged that Esau is. His he Lord. couldn't go there for a visit. He well, he, he might have. He may have made. An That's appearance. not what it says, well, Cole. And the, but the text might not deal with it. He's there what? for a while. I know this guy's <laughs> character. We've looked at his character. He's a liar. All right. You know what? I think he's going. He feels guilty. And uh-huh. he and he still believes that his his brother is going to get him where he's at and butcher him. I think that's what's going on here. Well, and that's and again, this is why I pointed out at the very beginning. This is a very honor shame interaction. So in honor shame cultures, this is how you go about talking to those people who are now over you. And he looks at Esau as somebody who is over. I him. lived on the streets of San Antonio. Uh huh. I didn't live an honor shame thing. Mm-hmm. You know, somebody wronged you, you you paid them back. That's that's where I grew up. Right. You paid them back. And if you couldn't do it, you found somebody that could. But you see, but you see how I pointed out at the beginning too that this is a different culture. Yes, it is. And then yes. and then on top of that I said we live in a guilt innocent culture yes, we do. where yep. we yes, sinned and and how you interpreted that whole text yep. to be Jacob has done something wrong and Esau's going to pay him back. And he believes it. I think he be- <laughs> I think he be- I think he believes that he's done something wrong. I think he's afraid. Peace. I think that's why he's done everything he's done. He's afraid. And I think he knows if he goes to Seir, he believes if he goes to Seir, if he goes there, he knows, he believes in his heart, I think, that what what he would do if he was in, the, in his shape, he would take care of Esau. I think that's where he's at here. I may be wrong, 
But I'm telling you, that's the way it looks to me. Well, fair enough. I think we both agree that he didn't go to Seer. He didn't go to Seer. <laughs> but he yeah. also acknowledged Esau as Lord. I, he did that, but he lied to him. I believe he lied to him. Okay. He said, I'll meet you there. And Esau went this way. As soon as he went over the hill, he took off this way. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just telling you. He just, hey, hey, guys, we have a good time. We really do. <laughs> we really do have a good time. Because we don't know any of this is coming. We really don't. No. This is kind of just spontaneous stuff. Well, and, and Sierra is, is also the land where the Edomite, Edomites, his yes. descendants, end up settling. And so it's it's really not and, where and, he's supposed to go. And God is going to take him to the land of Canaan. Right. All right, that's where right. he's taking him. But he could have gone for a visit. Well, and it's... it's and what, what I'm, it, Bound seven times so was the visit? That No, what I'm saying is it's not in the text. He may I know have not, gone and visited. But you've, you've, you've heard my classes before. I know. Guys, you got to read between the lines. I know. you got to ask yourself, what's going on here? Yeah. So so we can understand... So I can understand it from a guilt-innocence perspective? Uh, yeah. i gotta, I got to look at between the text. Between the text, looks like he's a lion, can I have a snake? And he decided, I'm going to wait till he gets over the hill, and we're running this way. It's... Okay. So I want to make it very clear. It's certainly possible. <laughs> It's certainly possible that that's the case. Got um, hey, I, I I understand. I, I agree with what you're saying. You know, I'm just trying to get the audience to, to just to see it from a perspective. Hey, that, if I could be completely wrong, and I'm I'm totally cool with that. I'm not you know, I'm I, not worried about it. It's what I see here, uh, having having studied various cultures and the way mm-hmm. they they view things and the uh-huh. way they see things. To me, this is screaming honor shame, especially with the the Lord, the constant profession of Lord, the bowing down. He is meeting his master, and he's and then the roundabout way he goes about cutting tail, right? <laughs> the, Not in a I mean, roundabout way, he does it. Well, no, but he does it. <laughs> but he could have. But he could have told them just flat out, like, "Hey, you know, God's told me that I can't do that." But you can't tell your master that. In honor of shame. You can't do that. You can't just come right out and tell them, like, I'm not going to do what you've asked me to do. I don't know about all that honor shame yeah, stuff. Okay. <laughs> all right. So after Jacob came from Padamaram, he arrived safely at the city of Shechem. Oh, that's going to be fun. Canaan. Canaan. In yes. Canaan. Where God had told him to go. Oh, yeah. We're not. We're Next chapter, we're going to get into the Shechemites. Oh, my goodness. Yes. And camped within sight of the city. For a hundred pieces of silver he bought from the sons of Hamor, the father of Shechem, the plot of ground, that name, remember that name, for a hundred pieces of silver he bought from who? The sons of Hamor, the father of Shechem, the plot of ground where he pinched his tent. There he set up an altar and called it el Ohi Israel, which means the God, the God of Israel. Mm-hmm. And he told God, remember he made that promise. He said, if you bring me back across this land, if you see me safe and see me back, you will be my God. That's what he told him. First thing he does when he arrives in the land, after making peace with Esau, he sets up to, he sets up shop and builds an altar to the Lord. Mm-hmm. He does because it's it's the God, the God of Israel. Now, our God saw him through this difficulty, yep. this this plight. Yep. Saw him through the fight with Laban. And, it, and this is this is the Esau. first time that he's used the name Israel. He has. That's the first time, right there. Yes. He, you know, he, he had his name changed in the last chapter. Doesn't change it right there, nowhere. But right there is where he, when he calls, he says, the God, the God of who? My God. That's right. It's my God. Here's an altar. My God, I'm going to worship my God. Now, and and, he's, and he is a godly man. I'm not going to say he's not. But so are we sometimes. And man, you know, man, we can be, I told I told that young lady this morning, I talked to her this morning and, and, uh, and uh, we helped her some and I told her, uh, that uh, this is a hospital. 
Everybody here is in one state of recovery or another. That's right. God is a physician, and he's fixing and working on some people are really sick, and some people are not so sick. That's right. It's just what it is. Yep. Jacob is in a state of, of, of growing, and he will grow, oh, and he's a godly man. There's and there's no question of that. We're going to see, especially in this next chapter. Oof. You know, we're we're going to see how much not only he needs to grow, but we're going to kind of see some of the things that that yeah. he has done are now coming to fruition, and or at least the things some of his children have seen they're coming to fruition now. His so, children are going to start to are going to start to become men, and we've seen who they've grown up around, and we're going to see what kind of men <laughs> they're going to become. Yes, 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 we are. Yeah, yep. let's pray. Man. We're done. All right. Father in heaven, thank you so much for this time we've had to study. Uh, I pray, Father, that our audience has learned and grown, and and uh, and they found something that they could really uh, that they could really use in their life. Uh, we I pray for each one of them. Uh, we don't know who they are, but we pray for them, Father, that that uh, what we're doing here will will help them to navigate through the book and help them to get a, have draw it into a closer relationship with you. That's what our goal is: is for all, everyone to 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 be able to equip them. To live out the life that Christ has, has put before us. That's our that's our vision, Father. That's what we're striving to do. Help us, Father, to do that. And and again, thank you for everything you do for us. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.